episode of the Football Goonies Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick, the Football Goonie himself, bringing you all the news and uh, wonderfulness in the world of fantasy football, specifically our leagues. Welcome into a brand new episode. Today we have week six review. It's going to be an exciting twist and turn. Because for once, we've actually had a couple of games come down to the wire, and it was amazing! I mean, granted, I didn't watch the game, so I couldn't tell you how amazing it was, but my goodness, it seemed amazing on the Sleeper app. Anyways, uh, we're going to go into it. Um, Just the normal, starting with the uh, fantastic, the new Fantastic Empire, and then finishing up with, oh, 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 Prestige, Dynasty, Dynasty, Worldwide, Wide, Wide. That's right, boys. So, uh, before we get into it, though, let's hit up a little bit of news and notes around the league. So in injury news, we had uh, quite a few running back injuries, all uh, confined to Clay's team in the Dynasty League, as Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, and Raheem Mostert all got injured this week. Unclear if any of them will miss time, but it's probably expected Mostert will miss some time, and Sanders too. Uh, They're still waiting to hear back on Joe Mixon. Uh, Coming on to the uh, tight end position, we have Zach Ertz, who's expected, I think, with an ankle injury to be out three to four weeks, leaving Philly's receiving court even further in shambles between Sanders and Ertz going down. Potentially getting Alshon back soon will be a big help to them. Um, And then in 
continued injury news, it looks like Sam Darnold is going to miss yet another week, making us suffer through more of Joe Flacco. And I know that's really sad to think that Sam Darnold would be an upgrade over someone, but here we are. And then uh, a little COVID news is the return of Cam Newton was pretty uneventful, terrible player, didn't do much. Sorry to say it. And then the big one is, uh, it is expected, I believe, Corey Davis is coming off of uh, COVID. So if you have him in an IR slot due to COVID, you're going to want him to come off uh, this week. Get your lineup set. And then the, uh, the big news is it has been announced after his stellar two-throw performance at the end of the game to a Taglo Viola, I think I said that right, is going to be the starting quarterback going forward. When asked, the Dolphins coach said, we're winning too damn much and we're trying to get better draft picks. Uh, they're clearly not competing to win this year, so they're a little worried that they are uh, doing too well with a 500 record under uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. On top of that, they almost beat Seattle and they almost beat uh, the Bills, I believe. So they could even potentially have been five and one if that was the case and they were rolling like crazy, then maybe they would have stuck with Fitzpatrick. But they know they're not going anywhere this season uh, worth any merit. So I think that is the move is to get him a little work, uh, two of that is. I'm a little questioning it. I'm questioning it a little bit because of the, uh, the whole previous injury history. I think I would want to give him a little more time off. But this is the decision they come to. And with that, that is the end of our news and notes for the week. All right, and with that, let's get into the review for week six. We're going to, of course, start off with the new Fantastic Empire. Uh, quite an exciting week. We actually had a couple of games come down to the wire a bit and some cl another close one. So we're just going to hop into it. Uh, the first one is SC Honkers versus my number ones. My number one likes number twos. Uh, this was a lot more exciting of a game than expected. Um, going into Monday night, we had a uh, Kenyon Drake versus Michael Gallup on Brian number two's team trying to make up a huge deficit uh, after John Brown put up a big zero, which also played in the Dynasty League, but we'll get to that later. Um, so starting off, we had the quarterbacks, uh, Gardner Minshew versus Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, two gloves coming back down to earth, being crap against a decently solid defense with Chicago. Uh, Gardner Minshew, he did not look great himself, but he put it together okay for a fantasy week. Uh, outscoring big 10 points uh big news was at the running back position mark ingram who also got injured but it's less noteworthy and alexander madison filling in for the injured dalvin cook uh put up for brian a combined 5.5 points which was a huge huge bust compared to the uh 25.1 and 13.3 from ronald jones and james robinson uh, at the receiver position, you did get uh, Fulgham doing well. McLaren did okay. 
Uh, on the other side, though, OBJ and John Brown obviously did terrible. Uh, but that came down to, we're moving on to the tight ends, was the uh, zero points from Gesicki. I don't know what is up with that dude lately. He's just been god-awful since that strong start. Maybe getting two in there will help him out as more of an outlet receiver. Uh, so the real tail of the tape, though, came down to the flex position. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a massive game at 35.1 uh, points, showing he's the new Randy Moss-ish in uh, Minnesota. And then Miles Gaskin had a very strong game. He continues to be a strong player, and I think the addition of Tua is only going to help him as Tua will be looking to actually dump off more. I'd, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw his target volume actually go up a little bit, but he put up almost 15 points. Um, what really made it interesting on the defense was uh, the Dolphins went ham while the Rams went zero. Uh, but the big news was the Gallup-Drake thing. So Drake, with that super late touchdown, putting up 28.4 points in the league, uh, really brought Brian to within nine points, essentially. But Michael Gallup just sealed the deal on him, dropping that 20-yard touchdown that should have been super easy catch, or maybe like 12 yards, plus a couple of other drops. His hands continue to be a huge issue for Dallas. Uh, and it ended up sealing the deal and stopping Brian's Cinderella story comeback. So uh, Chase with the win brought him up to 2-4. and four. Next up, we had Tex Team Texas Bear versus Popeye Sailorman. Mike looking for that elusive first win in the season, and this week would be no different. Ryan Tannehill went and destroyed the defense and put up 36.5 points, but he was up against the number one QB of the week in Deshaun Watson, so that was a rough go. As I said before, Joe Mixon got a little injured, capping his day a little bit. Uh, the big news was pretty much everyone underperformed. Some of them did decently uh, admirable, like Adam Thielen and DJ Moore. But, I mean, real tough days out of Gurley, Edmonds, Hopkins didn't do much. Devontae Parker didn't do much in a game that he didn't need to because they went up so quickly, so easily. Um, and then it went down to Hayden Hurst versus Mark Andrews, and Hurst got the better of him former teammates outscoring him by over 10 points uh the real deal was the only flex position player that made a difference was rob gronkowski after i said he just pretty much nothing but block it was funny he ended up with a uh, touchdown in 78 yards and helped propel the uh, team texas bear to their third win bringing it to 500 and pushing mike to Oh, and six with the score of 110 to 95.06. Uh, it's kind of surprising considering he's starting Frank Gore and Chase Edmonds. Uh, although his uh, receiving core was good, they really didn't do anything. So it was really a big just day out of Hayden Hurst and Gronk for the win uh, since everyone else pretty much blew that game. Uh, the next one up was the massive, massive close game between Team Groovy Drew and Los Poyos Hermanos. My man Gil looked like Gil was like coming in real strong going into Monday night. Um, Kelsey versus Kirk, and Gil had a little bit of a lead, or around the same points. I think they were pretty even, actually. And the big thing was uh, Kirk had to outscore Kelsey by like a point or two. 
and that he did. So uh, let's start off at the quarterback position. Big Ben really uh, somehow tried his best to help Gill out with that crummy performance under 13 points versus the Ryan Fitzpatrick, which was the real weird thing. So Fitzpatrick put up a pretty good game in the keeper league at 22 points, but man, his weapons really didn't do much of anything. It was just one of those days they didn't really need to. So uh, big advantage there to Gill, uh, the running back position, what you'd expect out of starting Philip Lindsay and Brian Hill. Uh, the real disappointment was the Mike Davis cream hunt combo really didn't produce much failing to get up to 20 points uh, Crowder had his worst game starting under 10 points that's just insane and he still had 13 targets but that's just showing you how bad Joe Flacco is um, so Chase Claypool continued to do Chase Claypool things Robert Woods had a decent game but the big one uh, we'll actually save that for a minute. Uh, at tight end, we had a pretty even match between Kittle and Kelsey, which is what you'd expect, both getting around 20 points. Uh, the flex position, Hilton, I think he lost a touchdown uh, to penalty, so his game was crap. So this ended up becoming Wolf Fuller outscoring uh, Adrian Peterson and DJ Shark combined. Uh, both defense surprisingly did well with the Steelers and the Giants. Uh, the Giants was somewhat the shock, but... Uh, Cleveland's offense had been humming too, so that was a really disappointing game. But the, the 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 big winner, and it propelled him, was the Christian Kirk massive game. This kid put up two receptions. Two receptions. That is it on three targets. But what did he do with those two receptions? He had a short touchdown, and then he had like a 60-something yard touchdown, and he ended up with 86 yards and two touchdowns giving him 21.6, which was 2.6 more than Kelsey, and propelling Drew to the win. Um, I think I was a little incorrect. Kelsey just had to massively, or not massively, but overscore Kirk. Uh, Kirk had to keep it within like three points, four points, and he not, or two points, sorry, and he did do that, but he actually outscored him, so that was a huge win. Drew with the come-behind victory. And Kirk's touchdown was all... His second one was in garbage time. They didn't really need it. So that was just, like, serendipitous that it happened. And that ended up propelling Team Groovy Drew to 4-2 and putting Los Poyos Hermanos down to 500. Uh, next up, we had Team Chris 1914 versus the Silverados. Uh, big game out of both quarterbacks between Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. Uh, the running backs for Chris's team were highly disappointing, and that is compared to the contrast that Derrick Henry went bananas, almost scoring 40 points with that last OT run really doing it. I think that ended up adding like 90 yards and a touchdown to his game and just completely flipping the script from a good game to an amazing game. Uh, first game back for Chris Godwin from the injury was eh especially with how well Brady played and that whole team played against the Packers, only getting 7.3 points. Um, and then the big one was Amari Cooper. Uh, the whole Dallas offense was completely stagnant with Andy Dalton. He is the worst. He is just crap nugget of a quarterback now. Uh, maybe they, they fix it next week with a little time under his belt. He did open up finally and stop being timid the second half. Uh, some of the things weren't his fault that interception 
Uh, I saw the clip of it against CD Lam- or for CD Lamb. CD was completely uh, interfered with in the route. Should have been a five-yard defensive holding play, and ended up turning into an interception. And then turn around to a uh, pass interference call that extended the Cardinals play, I think maybe on that following drive or something, that ended up going for a touchdown that was clearly not pass interference. It was just egregious on both ends. I don't know what the referees were thinking. Uh, Anyways, the rest of the game was pretty much uneventful. Uh, Only Kenny Galladay getting over double digits. Everyone else was real disappointing. So the big big game was uh, Cousins keeping pace with Kyler Murray, and then Derrick Henry pulling in for the win, uh, bringing Team Silverados to 500 at 3-3. Chris got his second loss of the season in a loss of 120.72 to 98.72. Uh, the big one was he had two strong com- performing quarterbacks, so I guess that's nice if it was a two QB league. Next up, we had the Megalodons versus Unjur in France. Now, Brian has felt bold after this massive win against Axel to bring back the moniker of the Megalodons. I disagree with it. I thought it was pretty hilarious that he brought up the fantasy justice. So I would I would implore Brian to maybe think of a uh, judicial nomination for team name. Uh, something really good would be fantastic. But let's get into the matchup. Uh, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. It was a whatever game for both of them. Decent, but not great. Uh, like I said, each team had a running back that we talked about who got injured earlier so they're relatively even with sanders and mostert uh the big one was everything that with the exception of quarterback for a lot of the positions everything that brian's team did was just a little bit better than uh axel's team uh connor outscoring just a little bit on taylor julio putting up 10 more points than brown um Burton destroying Johnny Smith was the big one with the injury. Johnny Smith, who we didn't get to. I'm so sorry. Uh, not sure what the status is of that, but he also was injured. Uh, but either way, at the end of the day, uh, you got flexes of like Keelan Cole with a with a injured an injured-ish DJ Chark who was facing Darius Slay while Cole was running out of slot. I expected a big game out of him. I actually used him in a lot of daily setups. So he did real well with 17-3, and then Clive Edwards-Hilaire on news that they signed. Bell went ham for 161 yards, and four catches on top of that, bringing up almost 20 points. On the other side, Axel was playing guys like Damian Harris and Devonta Freeman in his flex. Nothing really you could expect other than a total dominating performance from the Megalodons. Uh, name change pending in a big win of 144.88 to 96.5. And then the marquee game of the week. The FF Emperor himself, yours truly, versus Finkel as Einhorn. Dan had me gritting my teeth going into the Monday night games. Uh, it was pretty, pretty rough. I was down four points, and when the game started, I was feeling pretty confident. C.D. Lamb, top 12 receiver so far this season up until last night, and 
I was like, he can get four points. No big deal. And then Andy Dalton started doing nothing but passing to freaking Ezekiel Elliott. I'm talking like his first seven passes, I think, only went to Zeke and maybe one to Gallup. And I was like, oh, crap. But at the end of the day, CeeDee Lamb ended up putting up a couple on the last drive. And he ended up sealing the win for me. So let's break it down. Jared Goff was relatively disappointing where Lamar Jackson was an awful QB, but because he runs like crazy, he still had a great game. Uh, We're pretty evenly matched. Running back, somehow David Montgomery outscored Aaron Jones by 0.1 points. Uh, McKissick kept pace with David Johnson. Devontae Adams didn't really do much. Luckily, Evans did worse. Uh, C.D. Lamb, a little better than Robinson. Hawkinson, a little better than Graham. I mean, you're seeing a consistent thing. Uh, Debo was one of the bigger gaps by scoring less than five points more than Boyd in the flex position. But the big one, what sealed the deal for me, was the Patriots' defense. Now, I outbid Dan slightly for the Patriots' defense, even though I had the Colts' defense, which I was feeling pretty good about. But I was like, I don't need this guy playing Patriots against Denver with limited weapons, losing Melvin Gordon for the week at least. No thank you, sir. I ended up doing that. He ended up going with the Titans against Houston, which I did not like that move, and which ultimately made me love that move because it was against me. The Titans ended up scoring negative two. I put in the Patriots, scored seven. The the Colts scored four. So had I put a... Had I not gotten the Patriots and let Dan get him because he was the second highest bid and played the Colts, that would have been a 12-point swing and a definitive win for Dan. But it turned out that we scored 94.42 to 87.44, giving me the win, keeping me undefeated. And I want to just put out a huge, huge awards-style thank you to Dan for being the lowest-scoring team and the only team I could beat this week because I had a really terrible off week. I ended up having the second lowest score, but I still remain undefeated. Now, that doesn't mean my team sucks. It just means I had a real bad week. And thank you, Dan, for taking one for the team, continuing my greatness. Next up, we have the Prestige Dynasty Worldwide. Why? Why? Starting with Jones and for some TDs versus Team Georgia Dogs for life. Uh, Look for a while like Mike's team again, uh, who is tanking, trying to get a top three pick, preferably top one, obviously, as he needs quarterbacks. Um, Luckily for me, he didn't take my offer earlier in the week. I offered up a second round pick for Dalton as I was really worried. Not really sure I'm interested in Dalton anymore. We'll have to reevaluate. But after losing Prescott, that was obviously devastating to my team. But let's get into it. Um, Underperforming quarterbacks playing the crap burgers of Dalton and Bridgewater versus Brady who had an eh game and Tannehill who had a massive game. Couple that on the running backs, although Ronald Jones went great for Mike's team. Derrick Henry went way, way greater. Uh, Receivers were kind of disappointing on 
Mr. Greenwood's team, whereas on the other side, we had that Keelan Cole-Wolf-Fuller combo, putting up almost 40 points combined. Uh, the tight end position, Logan Thomas outscoring Zach Ertz with that injury. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the flex position really did in uh, Mike's team. Playing McCole Hardman and Cooper Cup only combining for 2.6 points. Or on the other side, it was Gaskin and Godwin. So between that, the Derrick Henry and Tannehill combo, it was a definitive win for uh, Jones for some TDs who moved to 5-7, and seven, also being the highest scoring team of the week with the Aniston point. Uh, score was 141.4 to 103.48. Now, the big news on this was for the longest time through the projections on Sleeper, Team Georgia Dogs for Life was projected to be within the top five scoring, and he ended up, I believe it was something like 1.18 points. So almost one point difference from the the team that got the Aniston point instead of him so that kept him low at two and ten I know you generally don't want to root for something like that but a team that's clearly in rebuild mode uh he does want to end up doing worse than everyone else obviously so you can get a better draft pick and it worked out this week for him next up we had team Axel Chakad versus team Chris 1914 uh, this one was a very tight race with uh, Chris ending up edging out Axel 104.86 to 98.34. Axel put in a good effort with uh, Kyler Murray, but Joe Burrow was eh. McKinnon, Dam this guy loves Damian Harris, man. He's played him in both leagues. I know his teams are not that strong, so he has to play them, but man, come on. So, uh, real, real low turnouts. <laughs> and it's hilarious because Chris ended up on the other side having to play Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard outscored both McKinnon and Harris, which he had not done previously in any of the first five weeks. Uh, the receiver position, uh, Julio Jones and Stefan Diggs handily took care of that, as I said, atrocious Michael Gallup and T. Higgins, although Higgins had a good game, putting up 125 yards plus two more on the ground. Uh, at the tight end, it was pretty unremarkable. Same with the flex. Claypool did well. Galladay did okay, but nothing to really write home about. Uh, but the big deal was even though Chris got a 3.46 out of Drew Locke, that big game from Julio uh, really just gave him a little bit edge and he ended up not only with the uh the win but the last position on the aniston scoring scale so chris moved it up to seven and five axel went down to two and ten vying for that number one pick again because he always gets the number one pick uh next up we had a pretty uh uneventful boring game zeke and destroy versus el oso fuego uh, Tyler had been enjoying a couple of decent weeks, but he came up to a real roadblock, which was he had only one QB to play, and uh, that was, unfortunately for him, Jalen Hurts on the other one. Uh, I would have loved to have traded him Nick Foles uh, since Trubisky's out, but I knew that that was going to 
not net me enough of a gain where I'd rather just keep Foles because I ended up losing Prescott, which was the big kicker on it. But on top of that, Axel traded him Justin Herbert for like an eight-year-down-the-road first-round pick, something crap like that, as you remember us uh, make fun multiple times. Uh, anyway, at the quarter pos- quarterback position, this has been a real theme. Aaron Rodgers crapped the bed, too, only 3.8 points. I think there was a lot of quarterbacks, like four of them, that scored under, like, eight points this week. It was terrible. Oh, and then the funniest one was the Jalen Hurts one, giving – Tyler, a little hope, only scored 0.7 points less than Aaron Rodgers at 3.1, getting in the game late for um, Carson Wentz. Uh, Anyways, Lamar Jackson did Lamar Jackson things and well outscored uh, Josh Allen this week. Uh, The big one was Zeke putting up two fumble performance, which was just awful, and he ended up getting sat out a bunch of the game. I wasn't seeing him rushing anything for a while on the ticker, Uh, only putting up eight points to go with Gurley's 8.2 points. So basically, Robinson was the only double-digit running back in this matchup. This Hunt was the other one. Not great either way. Uh, On the other end, everything was pretty much disappointing other than the Travis Kelsey start at 19 points. So between the Lamar Jackson and Travis Kelsey, it somehow propelled uh, Zeke and Destroy to win, moving to 8-4, like I said, with 94-94 points. Next up, we have the uh, first place team. Look what you made me draft going up against a team that's been good but uh, struggling just a little bit lately in fantasy football team. Maybe it's just karma for Clay doing what Washington Redskins did and not naming a proper name to his fantasy football team. Uh, As the trend continues, Baker Mayfield put up for... Uh, Mr. Schultz's team only 5.26 points, but this was really the crap fest of crap fest when it comes to quarterback play. Goff, Newton, Stafford, and Mayfield were all horrible, which is hilarious because on the other side, uh, Schultz didn't really have much of a chance with Russell Wilson being on by, but uh, Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan sat on uh, Clay's bench with 30 two-ish points and 24 points basically so massive massive loss in lineup sets but it is what it is it happens sometimes uh Mixon and Montgomery were eh okay but the big news again was Alexander Madison crapped the bed and really screwed over Schultz at the receiver position uh Hopkins Evans and Robinson were all disappointing but like we said Justin Jefferson went bananas scoring 35.1 points which was a huge bump to Clay's team. Uh, next up, Cinderella story, falling apart Robert Tanyan versus Kittle. No contest there. Kittle went ham. Tanyan went tuna. I don't know what would be turkey, I guess. Uh, and then, again, Raheem Mostert being injured during the game, limited his points. Uh, Andrews and Hollywood Brown both sucked it up. So the big one was Calvin Ridley was the only good flex position. Uh, Played at 15.9 points. Some other notable uh, plays that didn't happen was 
the combo tight end, and you can't really blame him. Andrews has been pretty dynamite, but uh, missed opportunity for Schultz to play DeAndre Swift, who had probably his best game of the season, near 26 points. Uh, Fulgham sitting on the bench with 16-5, and A.J. Brown sitting there with 20. I don't know how he didn't end up in the lineup uh, over someone like Hollywood Brown. Uh, maybe he was worried he wasn't going to start, and I think they did have a later game. Not sure, but uh, Clay missed some opportunities there on points. Uh, but ultimately, it didn't matter with the missing the A.J. Brown, missing both his quarterbacks on the bench going nuts. He still pulled out the win with 119.1 points against Schultz. Very uncharacteristic, 86.38 points. I expect once Dalvin Cook gets back, uh, after the bye week with Russell Wilson, he'll have a bounce back game next week. Uh, not really much more to say than that. So tough loss, but handing him his first loss. And with the miss on the Aniston points, that takes him down to 10-2. and two. And Clay getting that Aniston point brings him up to 9-3. and three. And then the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, it wasn't really, but it ended up turning into a pretty amazing uh matchup and that was the ff goonie himself myself versus the untouchables now the untouchables went into the week with only one point with a win without a high score point with it so he was in last place he has been god awful the worst team in the league even though he doesn't have entirely the worst players they just haven't been performing so what did he do he put up 118.56 points insane this dude, I don't know if he's cracked 100 before this. I'm not sure if Gary has, but he got 25 points from Phillip Rivers, 24 points from Jimmy Garoppolo, 12 points from Adrian Peterson, 9 points from Gore. Uh, Thielen and Woods disappointed, both each getting 12 points. Higby was a little bit better than he's been. Uh, Cooks had a big game at 17-3, but uh, what really helped me out was John Brown, although he was active, did nothing and gave him a big goose egg. So going into uh, the Monday night games, I had Clive Edwards-Hilaire and Amari Cooper. I think I was down something like 30 points or something like that. And, uh, I mean, what do you expect? I did have Deshaun Watson, best QB of the week, but Big Ben crapped the bed with 11 points. I played Antonio Gibson. This seemed like the right matchup for him, but he didn't do much for me. Luckily, James Conner bailed me out. But the big one was Parker giving me only five points, and that didn't need him game. Uh, I sat there with Green on the bench, putting up 13 points for the first time, having a good game. Debo getting 15 points, really wanted to start him. Uh, the big one was Tim Patrick. He continues to give consistent double-digit points every week. I didn't get to do that. And then even Josh Reynolds outscored him with 11.5. Most of these guys I wouldn't play. I'm just pontificating on like how disappointing these starts were. Uh, Hayden Hurst. Oh, and then the big one was my pickup on Trey Burton. I thought about playing him over Hayden Hurst, but I was like, that's crazy. I've traded for Trey or for Hayden Hurst. He's got a good matchup. And he barely eked out a touchdown for me. Uh, so he salvaged it, although it would have been a lot better for me had I played Trey Burton with that two-touchdown game. And then, of course, I played Freeman, who was crap. I don't know why. He'd consistently done well the last two weeks. 
Anyways, that set up the the whole 30 points behind with Clive Edwards-Hilaire and Amari Cooper. Clive Edwards-Hilaire did a fantastic job getting me 18.9 points. But when I saw that ticker go with the Daryl Williams, like, 20-yard touchdown, I'm like, where the hell is Clive Edwards-Hilaire's touchdown? This kid is getting yards, but he's not getting touchdowns after week one. And it is driving me insane. And now with the Bell stuff, it's worried me a little bit. But I'm hoping it's more of a, like, Nick Chubb with lesser Kareem Hunt, uh, which it should really be. I think the only thing Bell will do is probably get more uh, closer to the goal line work. He's very patient, very good eye, so that might work out for him. But anyway, so with 18.9 points, I was down uh, something like, I want to say, what, uh, eight points, nine points going into the the Cowboys game. And again, just like in the Keeper League, the C.D. Lamb uh, scare, I had the same thing with Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper got more involved early on, uh, so he started getting a little bit of chunks here and there, and I was like, okay, there might be a chance. But then, like, he just completely disappeared for the, like, end of the second half, or the first half, and the entire third quarter, and I was like, holy crap, Andy Dalton's going to lose me two friggin' games. Against people I should easily beat, especially on this game. Uh, but, of course, props to Gary. He did a massive job as far as just pulling out some crazy points where they they shouldn't exist with, like, Phillip Rivers. And he gave me a real run for my money. But in the last drive, just like CeeDee Lamb getting those, uh, those couple of plays, those chunks that gave me the win, Amari Cooper got me the barely win with a catch and then he really sealed the deal with that last minute touchdown in garbage time saving me week propelling me to end up being the second highest scoring team on the week which is just saying a ton after how terrible half my team did and all all the starts i had to deal with um were just bye weeks without alvin kamara without josh jacobs without michael thomas still uh, it was a real big uh, happy for me win, uh, but props to Gary. Unfortunately, he did so well, so he ended up with the Aniston scoring, and he is now 210 himself, whereas I am 10-2, uh, tied with Schultz, but I'm trailing him in the overall scoring, I think, by a little bit, yeah. So, uh, second place to his first place. Uh, the interesting shakeup is we got three teams vying for that last place spot. Uh, they're all within 40 points each other, all tied for wins with uh, Axel, uh, Georgia Dogs, and Untouchables, with Untouchables still leading with 611 total points, Axel at 625, Georgia Dogs at 650. Uh, the big thing is I encourage you guys, don't just do stupid tanks. Continue to set your lineups. Try to win even though you know you won't. And the gods will reward that. So, a uh, good week. I was exciting. I was really happy. I don't know if you guys were, but I was really happy to actually see some games come down to the wire. Uh, we haven't really had that in either league. I think there's been one or two games so far that have really been decided in Monday night. So, that was really cool. Uh, just getting a real quick news update is Christian McCaffrey still not practicing, so uh, might be a little longer for him. They're saying maybe week nine. 
maybe before, maybe after. Who knows? We'll see what the tea leaves say on that. But uh, that was a real exciting week, guys, so give yourselves a hand. Uh, I hope week seven is just as exciting. Although uh, what I'm really looking forward to, and we'll get into it, is uh, a matchup of top teams with me and Clay vying for that second position while uh, Schultz gets the the Gary gimme and uh, gets to pad his stats after a tough loss this week. So uh, good job, everyone. Uh, tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to try to get out the uh, Week 7 preview. Until then, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Uh, if you guys have any ideas for the show or input you want to put in, hit me up. Uh, private message me on GroupMe. Let me know. We can talk about it, take it into consideration, whatever. Uh, if it's things like, oh, you need the drops back, honestly, that made it so hard to record the shows. I, I know I've sprinkled them in here and there, but I'm kind of getting away until I can get an actual soundboard set up, which is going to take some time. Uh, because honestly, like an hour show would take me two and a half hours to uh, record because of all the cutting, all the stopping, pausing, playing, because I was doing it all off recording. So, uh, Anyways, thanks for listening. And remember, as always, goodies never say die. to get lucky.